Wishing you had a green thumb or want to learn more about sustainable gardening outdoors and in? Expert green divas and dude gardeners share tips for everything from composting to growing herbs in your kitchen. Listen to the Green Divas Green Thumb for low-stress gardening tips. Well, you know, we have this next guest who is bringing just a little bit of extra spring and sunshine to the studio on this snowy winter's day. Shauna <laughs> Coronado is a, she's a green living evangelist. I love that term. She's a gardener. She's a community gardener. She's um, an author of many books about gardening and green living. And hi, Shauna. How are you? Hi, I am fantastic. You forgot Troublemaker oh. with a capital T. <laughs> <laughs> we love our Green Diva Troublemakers. You are right right on board. So, yeah, this is great timing because I love talking. I went to your website, mm-hmm. uh, which is shaunacoronado.com, right? Yes, okay, correct. Just checking. And and I was watching the video of your, you have a drone kind of video view of your gardens, and I'm like, oh, oh, I just want to be there. <laughs> well, that that shows you that it, I, I wanted to show my readers, like they all, I do these individual stories on how to garden. Let me learn how to plant a tomato or how to plant a marigold or, or what have you. But no one has really seen the total garden yeah. all together. So the drone, I, I met a drone man, <laughs> <laughs> and he, he said, I, I begged him to come out and film with me. He's like, sure. So he came out and we spent a day and really filmed the entire garden, the 360 view, so that people could see uh, exactly what it is I'm doing and get a better idea of, of the level of gardening I'm doing. You know, the, the reality is, is that uh, people see a giant garden and they're like, oh, my gosh. I could never do that. Yeah. And what I'm saying is you can do it. it. It's not that hard. You can just do one thing at a time. You don't have to have a giant garden all at once. Well, I would love some coaching because I'm I'm what they call a lazy gardener. There's actually a book called The Lazy Gardener, which I <laughs> like, okay, that's it. They've, they've got a term <laughs> for it. Um, you know, I love getting things going. And then somewhere in August, I'm like, ugh, I don't want to talk to another weed. I don't want to deal with anything mm-hmm. else. Um, so I need a little coaching. Maybe in August, uh, you, you'll coach me. <laughs> I'll give you a coach. That's when the time is to start planting a winter garden. There yeah. is a such like vegetables, for instance, the coal crops that are cold winter that are really focused on uh, a hardy thing. It's what you would grow for soups and, yeah. the, you know, the, the cabbages and the late kales Kale, and that yeah, sort of thing. Yeah. And so, you know, we grow, you can grow anything year-round. Uh, there's a, an amazing gardener named Nikki DeBoer, and she's written, written many books as well. And she just spoke to me about how she's growing carrots over winter, by using one of those little boxes with a window on top. Yeah, right. Right? So she grows year-round. She goes out and harvests her carrots, brings it in. It's middle of winter, and it works. And, you know, back in the day, you know, we're talking before World War II. Right. We grew in the United Everyone had a garden. You had to because we didn't have the modern-day groceries that we have right right now. Right. Now, the, adva- the advantage of that is that most of the crops that people were growing, of course, were organic, which is incredibly healthy for the family. Yeah. 
And uh, with the modernization of agriculture, which translates into chemicals and chemical production and, uh, you know, weed chemicals and fertilizers and all this stuff, we did increase the production of plants. But my question is, at what cost? Yeah, what's the quality, right? Mm -hmm. All about quantity. Exactly. For quantity, we got less quality. And my, my view of this is that, if we can get people to just start growing one thing, you know, grow a kale plant for Pete's sake, grow something on your balcony, just something. Okay. It's better than nothing at all and will introduce your family to fresh vegetables that are organic. Yeah, I could, you know, I, I could do, I had kale two years ago on my deck and I did have it way into December at least. And Oh, exactly. Uh, no, I just went out and grabbed a couple leaves, throw them in my smoothie in the morning. Hello. Yeah, delicious. My favorite use for kale is you slice it up really thin, you saute it with onions, it takes two seconds, and then you throw in a couple eggs on top of that. Oh. And I scramble it for breakfast. Yum. It's really yummy. That is yeah. a great idea. Okay. So, yes. so you... Delicious all the way around. And, and, and you're incorporating green, helping people all, who are already gardening green up their garden a bit like for instance i saw that you had like vertical lettuce is that what that was here's the latest thing i this year in fact in just another couple weeks i have a book coming out it's called grow a living wall it'll be released at the end of february and here's the excitement about it i was standing at a garden center holding a 24 inch by 7 inch window box and it occurred to me that this is a little over a square foot. I'm, I'm doing the math. I got my calculator on my phone <laughs> out. And I was like, you know, is this a square foot or isn't it? And, you know, square foot gardening is like the most popular gardening ever. And the square foot gardener guy, uh, Mel, published this wonderful book of square foot gardening. It was like the number one seller of all time. This is a concept not based on square foot gardening, but based on the, the idea of gardening in a smaller space. Right. So in less than a square foot, you can grow up to 40 plants, maybe more. Wow. I know. And it's all vertical. So if you it, essentially you're stacking window boxes on top of one another. Okay. You can buy a system or yep. you can make it yourself okay. if, you, if you have no budget for it, right? You could go make your own. Yep. And then you start growing this way. Now, people are concerned because their theory is is that when you raise plants up, they dry out more because of the wind. Okay, so it's going to take more water or something. Yeah, there's a certain truth. Exactly. What I do is I make a super heavy planting soil mix. So I combine traditional potting soil with compost and rotted manure so that the soil is really heavy. Yeah. And then it survives droughts conditions very well like it it, i've grown everything on a vertical wall the only thing i haven't grown like an indeterminate tomato is a huge tomato it grows to six feet and higher right yeah yeah. that's not going to fit in that what my suggestion for a living wall pollinators and flowering plants uh vegetables that would be uh leafy vegetables and smaller vegetables and also things on vines that can grow off the side Okay, so like and cucumbers or melon? Exactly. Cucumber do, does Beans, great. Beans, yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Okay. They're perfect for it. And then, of course, herbs. And herbs are huge because yeah. you can plant a small vertical wall garden. We're talking, you know, just a little tiny thing outside your door. 
and it's like this therapeutic thing on your balcony. It smells delicious. Yes. You can get a little bit off. I've been making lots of cocktails from all my herbs. I'm like an herb nut, <laughs> and it's delicious. And it's also a place, that thing of scent power in a garden really adds a lot to it. If you let your herbs flower, yeah. what happens with that is it becomes a pollinator-attracting yes, garden. Yes, yes. I do that with, so, I have this huge mint bed, uh, which uh, it's mint and oregano, and they fight for it, but they manage, oh, okay. And yeah, um, yeah. yeah, and I just let it go to seed, and the, the bees love it. Love it. Bees love it. You just chose two of the biggest pollinators, uh, mint and oregano. Another really good one is it's called globe basil, and it has this tiny white flower that, for whatever reason, bees adore. And okay. so it's a good one. Butterflies, too, actually. Yes. And so I have this weird and fantastical dream <laughs> that cities throughout the United States could build pollinator corridors yes. through the city. And living walls would be the absolutely easiest way to do that. I and love so it. I hope, I hope that this takes off because uh, the idea of being able to do social good with the gardens, not just grow gardens just for food, but right. to do something extraordinary with them, which you can. Well, helping and, pollinators, educating people, creating just greener, healthier, uh, vibrant energy, right, you know, for, for a city or urban setting, right? Exactly. And now, that's my goal. I love it. Okay, we're in. We're going to help with this. Um, <laughs> I'm going to do it in my town. But first, I had this fantasy of doing, you know, I see all these thousand ways to use a palette. And I know that some palettes are soaked in yucky stuff. But I have some palettes I got a couple of years ago. My husband's on board. We're ready. We're, we're ready. We're ready to set okay. these things up. So what I, my idea was, because of course... You know, you can't just throw dirt in there. There's too much gap. So I was thinking of getting that black garden paper and, like, yes. stapling yeah, it like- and making, like, little, um, you know, little holding uh, holes. Okay, so it's so funny that you've said this because inside the Living Wall book, I teach people how to make a pallet garden. Well, there you go. You- yeah, that's vertical, utilizing the black landscape fabric. Oh, okay, as so I'm able to do it. I just I came up with that all by myself. I feel really, really good about and myself. And you're a genius, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I'm and I'm not much of a gardener, really. I mean, I kind of make it up as I go along, so I feel pretty good. Yeah, you did good. Uh, my only concern is what you expressed earlier. Yes, that um, there is a risk with planting vegetables specifically in a pallet garden. Or something you're going to eat. You have to yeah. know. So, so the solution for that, finding pallets, is when you're selecting a pallet, it's always important to know where it's manufactured. Uh, yeah. If you don't know where it's manufactured, seriously, don't plant a vegetable in it. Right, because it could be not. sprayed with all kinds of nasty, ugly chemicals because when those pallets yes. come in from China, they just spray them with everything well, or whatever. Well, not only that. The United States federal government requires that all pallets be sprayed with certain chemicals because of the insect invasion that happens when they don't. Uh, and so yeah. it is the federal government's requirement. So I make sure that I know exactly, you know, where that pallet is from before I do something where I might grow vegetables, something edible, or I might be touching it. Yeah. You know, like some people are making these pallets into their bed. Yeah. And I yeah. say, don't do that. Yeah, no. that's not a not a wise move. No. Uh, I, so be very cautious about what palettes. Now, you can also, some palettes 
have a special mark on it uh, that shows that it, it's lower in chemicals. Interesting. And, um, and I don't know what the details of that. You have to look it up yeah. online because, well. but it, you know, there are others. So do some research before you get a pallet. So this is a little project we could get involved with while we're waiting for spring, that and planting some seeds indoors, which I'm going to do with my grandbabies. And I always, they're not babies, they're three and four. Okay, whatever. Well, um, they're babies. Um, <laughs> to me, they are. But I, last year I made newspaper, which, again, I don't love because of the ink and whatever, but I got over it. I got over myself because it was really super easy and fun. I mean, little newspaper pots. Or I used toilet paper rolls to make, you know, mm-hmm. cut them in half. All of those, they're all green choices without a doubt. And what, what other ideas do you have for starting seeds inside that maybe will help us? Um, you know what I use is, it depends on how sensitive you are to plastic use, but I've used them before. I get these rotisserie chickens from Costco. Oh, yeah. And I love the rotisserie chickens there. They're huge, and they're four ninety nine. <laughs> so you can't beat the deal. But what I'm left with is all these leftover plastic containers. Yeah. So I save them up, and they have built-in domes. Oh, yeah. So as a starting tool, they're a perfect starting tool if you, again, if plastic is not a concern for you. Uh, I I have no problem using them. And other people are like, seriously, you must not ever touch plastic for the rest of your life. Yeah. I find that to be um, unreasonable, and I want to mention that. Yeah. I am, without a doubt, an organic. I, I eat as many. We have organic eggs. I do everything I can that yeah. is as organic as possible. However, the realism in our modern-day society is I don't feel that I can go 100% organic because everything is assailing us, attacking us, you know, with plastics and everything else. So I try to do, if I am going to use the plastic, make it BPA-free and food-available, you know, something that would be food-safe. Not that you can trust all of those labels necessarily, but at least it's a step in the right direction and we mitigate the best way we can. Exactly. Exactly. You know? Is that you do the best job you possibly can, knowing uh, that there are consequences for all our actions. Uh, I, one of the simple things I did in my household, which is it, it's kind of related to garden in a small way, I used to use paper towels both in the garden and in my home. I would yeah. like use them to clean, to wash, to do everything. I stopped using paper towels entirely several years ago. Wow, I'm impressed. Uh, to, I have to tell you, it was really hard. Like, it took me a year. I felt like I, I felt like I was missing something because I use them for everything. Um, the only time we use napkins, my, my husband works and he drives on the road a lot. So if he stops at a fast food place, yeah. he saves the napkins and doesn't throw them out. Right. And then we might reuse those for yep. something. But I, I really don't use paper towels in my life huge improvement and i feel like that it's one small thing but it makes me feel like i've done something so that's my advice wow well i don't change one thing well i i still have paper towels but i only buy recycled and i have like probably a hundred dish towels they're ratty but i love them and the rattier the more absorbent so i have them hanging in those uh produce baskets Mm-hmm. right next to my sink so that I can just grab one really quick. Uh, but I still use a few paper towels from time to time when there's, like, you know, cat puke involved or something. Yes, or meat juice. Somebody said, what do you do with your meat juice? Mm-hmm. Well, meat juice is a category for the uh, fast food napkins we have stored in the kitchen. There you go. My, so we don't waste them. Yeah, so it's, it's uh, a rare thing that I even use them, to be frank. I, I, I really... 
uh, was concerned about that. So pick one thing and that how- you are concerned about and then make sure that's the thing you attack and try to eliminate from your life. Well, and what I'm finding, and I love that approach when we take that approach, because what I find is people do it, it becomes fun sometimes, they get the family involved, it's a challenge, and then they're like, oh man, that's not so bad. They feel good about, sometimes there are statistics that help you understand how much, how many trees you're saving, for instance. Um, and I know there is a statistic, but it's not in my brain cell. I know Green Diva that's Lynn huge. posted something, and it is a Astonishing. Yes, it's but, astonishing. You know, so people like then they're like, oh, okay, well then let me try this too, and then before you know it, they're they're doing a handful of really impactful green things, and where you know they just never thought they would. Exactly, and that's that's the key is just getting started. In fact, that was the hardest thing for me when how this all started in my life is I left a job that was a sales and marketing sort of role and uh, in bitterness and anger, you know, one of those deals. And, <laughs> and I came home, I'm riding home on the train and I call my husband, I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm never working in the corporate environment again. I'm not sure where I'm going. Well, I was taking over a dozen prescriptions a day because of all the, the stress-related health issues, my allergies, all these problems. Well, I started gardening and doing garden design because I had been writing a newspaper column in the local newspaper on gardens. Uh-huh. And it was a hobby, and I took it a step farther. By the end of that summer, just from being outdoors so much, working outdoors and doing the design work, I had gone from taking over a dozen prescriptions down to two prescriptions a day. I felt so Say. darn good. Yeah. And that started this career, which was in inspiring people to go green, to think more about gardening and eating healthier. It was a genius accident that yep. happened in my life ha- that I'm really grateful for. I don't believe anything is an accident, but whatever you believe, I love that, you know, we try to, I try to stay open to those shifts around me that I think are bad that often turn out to be the best things. Exactly. How well, many... You know, a door, what is it? A door closes, a window opens. Well, I'm climbing through all kinds of damn windows. It's been fantastic. Well, Shauna, thank you so much. And let's talk again soon because we could probably talk a lot. um, For hours. uh, All day, apparently. (laughs) Um, I just love talking to you. I love your work. Everybody, please check out com, And um, we'll talk to you soon, I hope. Awesome. Thanks for having me. And hello to everybody. Please join me on my website, shaunacoronado.com. And if you have any questions, send me emails. I love personal contact with people, and I want to make a difference for them. Do it, people. Yay. Inspired to grow more organic stuff? We are. To learn more about this Green Diva's Green Thumb episode and all kinds of other great green information, visit thegreendivas.com. That's T-H-E, greendivas.com. 